0: Hey, this is Mark with A Present Word, where Scripture is shared with insightful and practical applications for you today. Acts chapter 9, verse 10. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying, and in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him, so that he might receive his sight. Verse 13, So Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all those who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my namesake. A couple of things I find interesting here. Paul has been making havoc with the churches. He's dragging people into prison, both men and women. He's being a very cruel and evil man towards the church. And yet, the Lord is sending Ananias to tell him he is a chosen vessel. I've often thought about this and asked the Lord, why would he choose Paul or Saul, a man who is trying to destroy the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and his disciples? We know that God does not see as man sees. Man looks on the outside. But God looks on the inside. God looks on the heart. There's something that the Lord saw in Paul, even though he was being evil and wicked towards him and his people. The Lord looked beyond that to see the potential that was in him for his kingdom and for his church. And in verse 16, it says, I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. We need to think about that. Because when we become Christians and enter in to the realm of the spirit, and begin to live for the Lord. Many of us have been sold a message of how much Jesus loves us, and and he does, right? The Lord does love us, but there's also a suffering for his namesake that we will encounter. If you're a Christian today and you receive Christ into your heart, then you are chosen of God. You are precious. Peter says you are a royal priesthood. But what's happening here is that God is making a distinction regarding Saul that he is a chosen vessel and in the next chapter 2nd Corinthians 11 verse 23 through 28 Paul reviews his sufferings for Christ but in 2nd Corinthians 12 verse 7 he goes on and says at least I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet and beat me, lest I should be exalted above measure. See, depending on the measure of revelations, I believe God builds in what I would call a humility clause that will be put in place. And this humility clause could be many things, but in Paul's case, it was literally a messenger of Satan that was his thorn in his flesh. Why? Because he didn't want him to become exalted, puffed up, self-importance, or overly proud, or to walk in pride. Revelation is a great thing from above when the Lord speaks to us and opens up the scriptures. But there's always the other side that we can develop pride or self-importance, and we can get puffed up. And so the Lord builds in these humility clauses to keep us from exalting ourselves above our measure. An Old Testament example is found in Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1. Zechariah is having a vision. Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? And he was speaking of Joshua. The question is why was Satan standing next to Joshua opposing him? I believe it's because he was being identified as a chosen vessel of God. The kingdom of darkness is not some unorganized kingdom. It is organized and they have levels and ranks. And Satan looks over the situation and he'll do damage control based on the present appearance of danger to his kingdom. All of us in our personal walk with the Lord we have to overcome in our personal life. We want to live and be faithful and obedient Christians to the Lord and learn his ways. And that's important. And the Lord puts us through trials and tests and examinations to test us as we progress and our faithfulness to him. But the bigger picture is that we can move off our personal sufferings for ourself in our own walk with the Lord, and we can enter into what Paul began to experience. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 24, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Paul was not suffering for his personal walk with the Lord. I believe some of it at the beginning was, but now he's walking in the purposes of God. He has moved into a higher level, a higher place for the church's sake, for the body of Christ and that he enters into a greater level of suffering. Why? Because the enemy increases his damage control. He cannot allow someone like the Apostle Paul to establish the kingdom of heaven on earth. He has to stop it. He has to shut it down. He has to kill it off. The challenge for us today is that as we overcome in our personal walk with the Lord, and that's very important, then the Lord will release us into greater authority and measures within the spirit realm over his church, where we can have an impact greater than that which we can do in our own personal lives. In 1 Peter 4.1, Peter goes on and says, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves or prepare yourselves also with the same mind. Well, what's that? That's to suffer in the flesh jesus talking in luke 9 if anyone desires to come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me and we could say following him in what following him in his sufferings we need to mentally gear up to suffer rejection and also anticipate satan's messenger service to hinder and oppose us when we are carrying a message for our king and his kingdom So first, we're carrying his word in our heart. We're walking, our life is walking in obedience and faithfulness to him. And God sees that, he's watching us. And like Israel, he tested them in the wilderness before he brought them further across. They had to to walk in obedience to his word. And then they began to conquer other nations. I believe the Lord wants to release his word to many messengers to carry the message for his kingdom. But in so doing, Satan will be there to oppose us. The kingdom of darkness is there. It's not just going to let it happen. We have to be victorious in our own personal life first and foremost, and then he'll release us to carry a word for his church and the kingdom of heaven. 1 Peter 4.12, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. So what are you getting at, Mark? We're all chosen of God. If you're a believer, it's a great privilege and honor to be born again into the kingdom of heaven. But I'm focusing on our life becoming not just a vessel of God, but a chosen vessel, a useful vessel. Matthew 5.11, blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So here the Lord's telling us to rejoice and be exceedingly glad when we're persecuted and spoken against. You know, today we have many people who are called apostles, and I believe in the fivefold, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. I believe that they're all active today. But Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, starting in verse 9, For I think God has displayed us, the apostles, last, as men condemned to death, for we have been made a spectacle to the world, both to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ, we are weak, you are strong, you are distinguished, but we are dishonored. To this present hour, we both hunger and thirst and we're poorly clothed and beaten and homeless. And we labor, working with our own hands. Being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we endure. Being defamed, we entreat and encourage. We have been made as the filth of the world, as the offscouring of all things until now. Well, if you want to be an apostle, you need to arm and prepare yourself. If you want to move into a chosen vessel status, you have to count the cost. The Lord said many are called, but few are chosen. So in this called category, we're walking out our Christian walk in daily faithfulness and obedience to the Lord. He's looking for those who will deny themselves and come after him and be willing to suffer for his name's sake, to be willing to be reviled and persecuted and have people speak all kinds of things falsely, because we're not just standing for our own personal walk with the Lord, but we're now identifying with the church and the purposes that Father has for his kingdom on earth. See, back in Colossians, he says, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you, See, Colossians 1.24, he's not suffering for himself anymore. He's now suffering for the church. And I fill up in my flesh what's lacking in the afflictions of Christ. Why? For the sake of the body, for the sake of the church, and so that we can fulfill the word of God in our life. Second Timothy 2:20 But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver but of wooden clay some for honor some for dishonor Therefore if anyone cleanses himself from the latter he will be a vessel for honor sanctified set apart and useful for the master prepared for every good work I believe Paul was communicating to Timothy you need to become this sanctified set apart prepared vessel for God so you need to let the, the refiner refine our inner heart and motives as silver and gold. But if we want to live just a basic, normal Christian life and receive salvation, we can do that. But God is looking for those who want to prepare themselves for every good work. These are not our works. These are now works that Father has us to do. Jesus said, I must be busy about my father's work, James 1 verse twelve, Blessed is the man who endures temptation for when he has been approved, he will receive a crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. I can say that for many years, the majority of the sufferings that I went through were related to my own life, finding my way in God, trying to be obedient, and falling down and making bad choices and decisions. And God was faithful to keep me and teach me. I would get up and brush myself off, repent, and say, Lord, forgive me. You know, every day's a new day. God's mercies are new every morning, and walk on and trust the Lord to help me. And over time, I found the Lord was so faithful to teach me and train me in His ways and in the Word. And the day came where He said, Now I have something. It's not something you want to do. It's not for you. It's not about you. It's about me, and it's about my church. It's about my people. And the enemies of darkness have been resisting your personal progress these many years, but you've overcome in your personal life. As you step into this new realm to carry a message for the kingdom and for the king, Satan will be there to hinder you from your progress. There may be a demonic messenger service sent to you to hinder and discourage you from what I'm calling you to do, but greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world." And then I was reminded in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8, speaking of Jesus, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And in Galatians it said, He was cursed, for cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, 3.13. Even when the Lord was on a cross in Luke 23, 35, and the people stood looking on, but even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others, let him save himself if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him saying, if you are the Christ, save yourself and us. Well, many times when we're under trials and intense pressures of life, it may be family matters, illness, finances. Our natural inclination is to save ourselves, to do something, to act. But when we move into carrying the message for the kingdom of heaven, We can't afford to do that anymore. The Lord could not save himself on the cross. We cannot save ourselves from the cross. Even when Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness, the enemy kept saying, if you are, if you are a chosen vessel of God, if you are the son of God, do something, feed yourself, save yourself. What I'm saying is Satan's messenger service will be there to provoke and to hinder our progress in obedience. In the Lord. So as Peter said, do not think it strange concerning these fiery trials which try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Yes, in our personal life we do go through fiery trials as we're learning the ways of the Lord. But I want to encourage my listeners today that there's a higher place to walk. The enemy knows who you are. God knows who you are. And the greater your usefulness is to the Lord, the greater the opposition and hindrance will be. The enemy is just not going to lay down and roll over and let you knock out his kingdom. But the amazing thing is, is when we read Paul's letters, even though he suffered great persecution, you see the love of God begin to flow out of his heart. See, when Ananias brought the message to Paul, the Lord didn't say, tell Paul how much I love him. No, he said, tell Paul how much he's going to suffer for me. None of us want to hear that message. But see, through the sufferings that Paul went through for his own personal walk and then for the church's sake, you see the love of God begin to flow out of his heart. Somehow the sufferings of Christ release the love of God. That is truly a mystery. The Lord spoke to Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, "'My grace is sufficient for you, Paul, for my strength is made perfect in weakness.'" So when we are weak, then Christ is strong in us. It's a paradox. This scripture sounds, it seems, seemingly absurd or a contradictory statement that his strength is made perfect in weakness see the kingdom of heaven does not work like things on earth see we're looking for that strength that strong you know be strong in the lord and we have to but we have to understand what that means it's a deep humility a strength in humility a strength in the fear of the lord where we realize that our strength lies in him really apart from the lord we can do nothing jesus said that without me you can do nothing my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Matthew 18.1. The disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called the little child to him and set him in the midst of them and said, Surely I say to you, unless you are converted and become as a little child, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Well, many are called, but few are chosen. May we count the cost today and desire to step up out of our personal walk with the Lord into a corporate expression for his church's sake, that we could carry the message for the king and for the kingdom and be like Ananias, arise and go to the street called Straight for one called Saul of Tarsus, for he is praying and he is a chosen vessel of mine. I hope this message is helpful to you today. If you'd like to be notified of future podcasts, click the follow button. If you're on Google, click subscribe. This is a free podcast. We are a listener-supported ministry. If you would like to donate, click the PayPal link of this podcast. If you're on our website, click the heart button on the upper right corner. If you don't have a PayPal account, you can still use this link to give using your credit or debit card. To contact me, my email is apresentword.com at gmail.com Thank you for listening God bless you